The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hello to you all. Look at that pooch just sitting there looking at us. That is uh, the world-famous Darla. Oh, my God. Thank you for being here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Eric St. Show podcast, a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense. Hang on. Come on. Knock it off. And my personal adventures each and every day from the Impact Power Sports Studio. Uh, I swear to God, I am buying a new piece of equipment there. That is the Zenith. I said I was going to do it, and I haven't yet done it. Kenny, right off the jump, says, Eric, it's too bad that Nick the Electrician, that's ArcFlash480 on Twitch, never gets to play Bet on Ben. You should seriously let him play sometime. The poor guy, he started and like every single round, he got hammered on bet on Ben. He then eventually made it to a point when he was quite far in the game. Spoiler alert, I broke my own rule there. I basically gave you the end of the damn game, but it was so much fun. I couldn't wait to talk about it. It was a great crowd last night on the... uh, Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. And then uh, just before that, who are these free beers? Where we had just a hell of a time reviewing our heroes. Um, just a lot of, I wouldn't say that on the who are these free beers that there was anything that was like of all the clips we played. Ben had 13 clips and I had 14 clips. That's 27 clips of our heroes. Um, there wasn't anything that stood out as really gigantic. Like an unbelievable moment that we had to review, but there was a, it was it was a, of a high caliber of silly between us throughout it all. It just worked. It just worked. And um, you know, case in point, one of the things that we like to pick on when I get together with Ben is the awkwardness that takes place between him and his show co-host uh, Anthony when he's on the radio. We don't have that level of awkward. Ben and I, we know each other. I mean, occasionally, but I mean, we uh, we kind of like pick up on each other. We we know where the other person is going, and I'm looking at him, so that that helps. Poor Ben on his radio show, he's thrown to the wolves, and so what he does. Is when the co-host or the host says, hey, Ben, what's going on? Ben's extremely uncomfortable. And then he says, well, there's uh, light snow, a little bit of uh, precipitation in the forecast, barometric pressure at uh, 26.4 and rising winds out of the uh, west-northwest at uh, 7 knots, the windshield factor. The roads are a little slick. Uh, be careful bridges and overpasses free. He always does like a weather re- weather slash traffic report. Uh, and then 
funny thing that uh, this is all part of like the, uh, this is why you need to be part of the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. We did a question. Despite Ben's knowledge of the weather, as Stevie refers to him as Fender Bender Ben. Yeah, we used to call him that on the radio, I think. One of the questions in Bet on Ben was, what does a meteorologist study? And Ben's first answer was meteors. Despite this unbelievable thirst for uh, information when it comes to weather. Good morning, Ben. Uh, good morning, Ben. How are you? Oh, cloudy with a chance of snow. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Feeling good. Feeling fine. Um, there's a lot of storylines bubbling under behind the scenes in my life right now that I'm just dying to tell you. And typically when I get in this environment, all right, when that little blue light on top of that camera, that's right, it's blue, goes on, I I get more loose-lipped. Something that I, I may not want to tell you when the blue light is off. As soon as that thing lights up, I'm like, oh, God, I got to talk about this. I got to talk about this. But I'm pumping the brakes. Two things are burning hot on my brain. But I just, I just can't reveal. They're exciting. Well, one is exciting. The other is just kind of weird. Ashley says, my favorite thing about Ben is the that he genuinely knows zero facts. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. Um, I think he would know. He knows a little bit about Eminem and maybe some music, uh, some, some bands. He could give you some knowledge, but when he's saying what he knows about it, it takes like 15 minutes because it's full of, oh, uh, uh, um. Ashley writes, Ben is the most innocently stupid person. He just doesn't know information. That's a wonderful way to describe it. And that is the most polite insult you could ever say about someone. Ben is the most innocently stupid person. He just doesn't know information. He strikes me as the type of guy that when he's having sex, he has to ask questions about where it goes. Ashley says it's not his fault. He hasn't been exposed to knowledge. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, he went to a fine school and I think, think he went to college. I think he graduated from college. I'm not even sure about that. And he's, you know, he's, uh, he's had several relationships. He's, he's worked big boy jobs. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. It's remarkable what he has been exposed to that hasn't actually, you know, because you, Ashley, and, and Ben are like around the same age. But you're right. You're a big girl. And he's like a little kid. He's like a little buddy when it comes to just what he knows. Linda says, Ben does not have sex. Oh, my God. All right. So welcome to this show. There's some new information, first of all, about the uh, that incident in uh, Kansas City. The first thing I heard was I was with, I was having some lunch with some friends and one of them said that, oh yeah, it came out. It was a gang, a gangland thing. I'm like, hmm, okay. 
All right. That, I said so that doesn't explain why one of them had a gigantic, uh, a big-ass gun on him. I mean, the guy was wearing Kansas City Chiefs gear. He goes to the rally with, with a fucking AK or whatever the fuck. All right. No, no, it wasn't a big gun. I go, yeah, it was. I saw the lady pick it up. It was huge. It appears this was not the type of uh, incident where someone, somebody like, you know, like uh, Sandy Hook or some shit like that, where somebody's just going to go and shoot up a place where people are in that case in elementary school. And, uh, and other, there are so many examples. Okay. Like uh, the Joel Austin church deal. That woman, she went in there with the sole intent to hurt people. From what I'm understanding, Kansas City was a dispute between two or more people, which resulted in gunfire. My God. Cole says gang bangers with terrible shots. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Joe Martinez says blame it on the illegals. Is that what's happening? I don't, uh, that would be terrible right now. The timing of that would be awful. If the people involved actually were um, people who just entered the country under the current environment. Uh, in a joke that we call back to yesterday, Kenny writes, you mean that non-mass shooting incident, according to Corey? Okay. Yes, Corey did say that. But Corey did also go back and say he was wrong. But what he doesn't understand is that opened up a the floodgates yesterday to say in the comments of the chat that that was not a mass shooting that everybody, everybody turned on him and beat the shit out of him. And then it started, it turned into this big dick swinging contest between Corey and Ashley. It was ugly. God, terrible. But the, um, everywhere I turned, like even today I was watching there. That's, that's, Everybody said of oh, the mass shooting, the mass shooting. It's absolutely was a mass shooting. Oh my God. That's, that has not, out of all of the things in that story, that hasn't been disputed. No one's ever, no one's ever said during the uh, uh, th uh, 36 hours, 48 hours since that all went down, uh, the actual naming of the, what it's called, what it's known as, what it was. It can only be one thing. There, there's no other thing it can be called. The calls to um, regulate our guns in the United States are as loud as always. Uh, they fall on deaf ears. I don't know why they even say anything. And frankly, I don't know what anybody um, hopes to achieve by even suggesting such a thing. If you were to change all the laws in the United States and make this a very, very strict country uh, with extreme gun control... Nobody's going to actually like abide by that. All right. All that's going to do is make it more difficult for the good guys to get their hands on guns. We're too far into this to suddenly stop midstream and say, all right, now, now they're illegal. That's like saying um, that in the United States, all clothes are, all clothing is illegal. You can no longer wear clothes. That's how that would go. You can no longer wear clothing. 
So everybody turn in your clothing and, and you cannot have clothing. People would go, fuck you. That's how pervasive guns are in the United States. Cole says for every 100 people in the U.S., there's 120 guns. Is that right? That can't be right, right? That's got to be a joke. That wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Same thing when it comes to, okay, you got the Kansas City incident. You've got the Joel Osteen Church incident. And on the uh, Joel Osteen Church incident, so some lady, some whack, has a gun. She walks into the church, and she brings her seven-year-old with her. And I don't, I mean, what is the mindset there? As Joe Martinez sarcastically writes, we have to close the southern border because all of the murderers and drug dealers are polluting our country. Uh, She walks into the church. She's got the kid. She pulls out a rifle or whatever the fuck it was. And, uh, okay, that's that's a bad, if you're going to shoot up a church, you don't want to do it during the uh, Latino mass, the Spanish-speaking mass in Texas. Uh, she got off very, uh, barely any rounds. I think one lady might have gotten hit in the leg before the locals there all, all pulled out their piece pieces, their guns, and um, just lit her up, you know. I mean, it, was, it wasn't even close. Uh, she died on the scene. And, and the kid, the seven-year-old that she brought to the mass shooting, got hit in the head. And believe it or not, that kid's going to live. Uh, Cole about the stat he threw out. There's 120 guns for every 100 people. He writes, pretty sure it is right. Well, look it up. I don't have time to do that shit. So she gets shot up. She dies. The kid lives somehow. The, uh, the grandmother of the kid and the, I think it is ex-mother-in-law of the deceased For years, she had been saying to anyone who would listen. So this chick's crazy. She's got suicidal tendencies. She's got uh, a a violent side to her. And um, she reported to CPS that she keeps guns unlocked all around the house all the time. She's like me, except I don't have kids here. And... According to easily obtained information, CPS did nothing. Okay. They never went to the house and said, hey, all right, we're getting, uh, we're, we're hearing some bad things about you. Let us in. This all could have been avoided if the obvious warning signs uh, were addressed. And they were not. Then... Ex-mother-in-law even went so far as to call Osteen's church more than once saying, hey, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not here to give you money. I'm not a fucking moron. Uh, I'm here to let you know that uh, this woman wants to shoot up the church. Like the actual warning several times, months, even years before. She went to that church for a period of time. And then 
seconds after the violence happens, you've got government officials standing in front of whoever will listen and say, this is the fault of the guns. This is the fault of the guns. Oh my God. Can you believe this? We've had 48 mass shootings in 45 days of, uh, of the, of the, of the new year. This is, and it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. I understand. Um, but this is not, this is not the answer that is not going to work. That is not going to do anything. And I don't have the answer, but I'm telling you, that's not the answer. And then people say, well, do something. What, what do you want them to do? I mean, twice, two key red flags took place and somebody actually did the right thing. They actually see something, say something. Ex-mother-in-law calls government agency CPS and says, hey, she's crazy. Calls the church. Hey, look out. She's coming. She's going to kill all you motherfuckers. Yeah, fuck you. Nick writes, all the neighbors had been trying to report that nut case for years as well. Now, that story that I just talked to you about is being reported on. Kind of. You got to look for it. There's no way in fuck that people who um, talk to the masses, let's say uh, the major networks or anything like that, are going to park on that story and give you a possible uh, point of view that does not further the whole consideration about taking away guns. That is such a... uh, that's such low-hanging fruit by activists who think that the world can be changed in the United States, our violent tendencies, just by taking away the weaponry. D.S. Philbrick. How do I... Is that... What is your name again? You're the guy... Nick. It's Nick, right? Nick the DJ. Is that right? says the quote nothing was done seems to be a real common theme lately it's the first thing i thought too turns out cole's uh stat was correct 120.5 guns per 100 for the u.s sorry that's trucker dan Trucker Dan says the nothing was done seems to be a real common theme lately. And and that's, you know, we look at Oxford High School in Michigan. That was, oh my God, so many glaring problems. Jesus, the, the, the buying the kid the gun. Teach, I don't mind buying a kid a gun and teaching the kid how to use it if he's not, you know, like that kid. The mom and dad... Uh, not recognizing that that kid was, uh, fucked up, you know? And then the idea that all of the signs of the kid drawing out the murder scene just before it happened, uh, then the mom and dad keeping the gun in the sock drawer, for God's sake, just after they bought it, the kid taking the gun to school. He's in the counseling room after they find the, uh, uh, illustration of him shooting the students. He's there with the counselors and the mom and the dad and the cop liaison. And they don't even bother searching the fuck's bag. The mom and dad never point out that there's a gun at home that is uh, not locked up. It's all, uh, somebody. And then they blame guns. 
You can't blame the gun. You just can't. That is a that is a simple, uh, far left talking point that incites people. It is a and also not a, a possible thing to. Um, the only way, the only way, to be successful in not arming and taking the arms away from American citizens is to go door to door, kick in the doors and take the guns house by house. That is the only way you will have any success doing this. And that is just not going to happen because gun people will fight you tooth and nail for that. This is, this is the, this is the country that we love our guns more than we love our fucking kids. So don't give me any more of that shit. It's just not going to work. I don't have the answer, but I sure as shit know that that ain't it. So shut the fuck up. And every time somebody gets shot, uh, don't rush to a microphone. How about maybe the fucking morons that are involved in all the backstory leading up to all these goddamn uh, uh, horrible incidents uh, can lean into what should have happened in the first place and follow through. All right. That's just my soapbox moment, my two cents. I don't know if that was necessarily funny in any way, but sometimes it doesn't have to be. Uh, All right. Uh, It is a Friday. I will be getting, uh, hopefully getting uh, uh, Rick from TC Paintball on. In fact, I did not even mention to him that I was calling him. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, Send a text. Yo, yo. Can I call you at nine? Question mark. Our paintball war number 23, the battle for the Rio Grande is shaping up nicely. Uh, Team Brown is up to 15 members. Uh, I need more. I need more people. I need some new faces. If you want to join me for that, reach out, eric at ericzaneshow.com and just show up. Be there at TC Paintball, 5 p.m. Coming up on Sunday. Pizza party beforehand. Uh, 35 bucks gets you the gun, the mask, the paint. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Thank you to the folks watching this show on Facebook, X, and YouTube. You are uh, a great bunch. I appreciate you. If you want the full show, though, you have to go to my spot on Twitch. Either download the Twitch app and search Eric Zane Live and follow along that way. Or if you're at a desktop or laptop, go to twitch.tv slash Eric Zane Live. Thank you so much. The rest of the show available on Twitch. My audio podcast, all of this becomes the audio podcast available wherever you download shows. Wherever you decide to do that, please subscribe. Thank you very much. Send me an email if you ever want to chat about anything or have something you want to pass along, maybe a story lead or or something like that or uh, your opinion or Busting my balls, that's fine. On the Shoreliner Striping Inbox, Eric at EricZaneShow.com. Thank you very much. And uh, then my Patreon. That is where I put the lion's share of my content, Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Uh, You have the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast there every week. You've got Who Are These Zanes, where Ben and I review old material of your old pal EZ and uh, really make fun of it it's outrageously fun who are these free beers where we review one of america's great radio shows 
and goof on it of uh, current shows. So there you go. That's all there on my Patreon, plus the daily Patreon bonus, the Lost Zane recordings, the Insane Asylum, all there, audio, video, live streams for five or 10 bucks a month, and you can get it for free. So if you're enjoying my regular free podcast, try the uh, Patreon for seven days free. All right, seven days free. You can go there and explore. You do need to put in a payment option, but you can cancel it right after you sign up and you still get the seven days. I just want you to try it. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Ben Glaze is in the house. He writes, if you don't join in on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, you're missing out and a loser, he calls you. Man, that was, you're not kidding. That was so much fun yesterday. Um, Ben, I, I tell you what, that is like a, that is like a, a high point of the week. It's like the best part of the week when we all get together and there's a, a live stream and a zoom. So we actually have, um, a live audience. Okay. Which it, there was a, a real M night Shyamalan plot twist, which, um, it was one of the most deaf moments, tone deaf moments, inability to read a room that I have ever witnessed. Okay. And, um, our lovely Amanda, our lovely friend, Amanda, who is an absolute content machine. Now, when I say that, I don't mean like it always is. Um, she anticipates one direction for the content. And then it's quickly determined that that's the wrong direction. But then because I'm so great at everything, I go ahead and make it awesome. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's a ridiculous thing to say about myself. But I have, when I'm presented with a big fat pile of shit, okay, I can do one of two things. Awkwardly just be quiet and, and go away. Or do what a pro would do. Take that big ball of steaming pile of shit and do something magical. Amanda says, I missed the beginning of this rant, but I assume he's talking about me. Yeah, well, what that what I'm referring to is, and you didn't really miss the beginning of it. Um, I was talking about how... Um, there was a M night Shyamalan plot twist at the end of the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. And it was from you. And I referred to you as a content machine, but not because see, cause when you provide content for the show, you're expecting to go one direction and then it usually gets turned completely on its ear. Case in point you, what was it yesterday about? Oh, it was about the E card that you sent. You will approach that with, Oh, Hey, that was so, that was so good. Oh my God. It was so funny. I can't believe you didn't talk about it. And you know, square peg round hole. And I'm like, all right, I finally give in and show it. And it sucks. So then we have, then we get the content that way by ripping on the attempt. All right. Today I woke up and she actually sent something that's interesting and fun. I don't know if I'll use it. But she was real gun shy when she sent it. She goes, oh, God, I don't know if I even want to send this. 
But uh, it, it, it was interesting. It was a, uh, a video series of a cop, a sheriff, uh, sheriff's deputy, who's funny and enjoyable. And he, uh, he pulls people over and then there's funny interactions. Now it's a, it's a, it's a series. You have to watch it. And so I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop and take the time to play it on here because it's not, it's episodic. You got to sit and watch the goddamn thing. So good to, good to watch on my own, but I don't know if I'd necessarily park on anything there. Whatever that, that, that has nothing to do with like yesterday's e-card incident. And I'll, and I'll tip you off to this because yesterday on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, I can't believe the uh, lack of foresight on Amanda's part. Amanda says, all right, hey, uh, my final word, because we usually do, hey, what's your final word? And typically you're, you're supposed to say, well, I'm excited because I'm getting a new car on Saturday. That's my final word. Oh, all right, great. And uh, you know, it's just a simple way to wrap up the show. Uh, then you like, you know, you might go to Maureen and, uh, Hey Maureen, what's your final word? Well, this all goes back to when I was a little girl and how I didn't like broccoli. You know, broccoli that goes back to ancient Egypt. Speaking of the Egyptians, there's rumors that aliens built the periods, pyramids, period. My first period was a little young. I was 10. You ever see the movie 10 with Bo Derek and Dudley Moore? Anyway, when did I start with this? So after like 30 minutes, you're like, oh, God damn it. Fucking A. So that's kind of how that goes. Amanda. She, you know, I can't even, I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I, I, you need to watch it. She delivered me probably the biggest curveball that I've ever witnessed in my career. Two things in her story threw me for a goddamn loop. And if I sit here and explain it all, I'm not going to do it justice. Let me just say this. I said to her, are they okay? Which is that old joke that I use all the goddamn time. But I wasn't asking in a joking fashion. I said, oh my God, are they okay? Like seriously. And um, so it was so fucking awkward. And I was like, why are you, what do you expect me to do here? Here we are on a fucking comedy podcast. You see, I couldn't come up with this yesterday because I was so shocked at um, the tone deaf story stylings that she delivered on us. It was so out of the blue and horrible. And here I am, I'm looking at a dozen faces of people and we're all like, what the fuck are you doing? What is going on? Good God. But at the same time, we had to be sensitive. She put us in such a bad fucking spot. I was blown away at the horrible decision to even share it 
what is wrong with you? All I'll tell you is this. This is the most must-listen thing of the week, all right? On the Ben and Eric uh, that, that, ta- that took place on Patreon. Forget who are these free beers. Forget anything during the uh, uh, whole week's Patreon bonus podcast. The very end of the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, when Amanda gives her final word, was so traumatic and horrible, and it left me with, where the fuck do you want me to go with this? Um, it took me up to now. It took me up to now to actually figure out what I was going to say about it. Brandis says, Amanda, you can't win. LOL. No matter what you say, you're going to get shit. I don't know if you've heard this, Brandis. Yes or no. Have you heard what went down last night? Because if you heard it, you would be like, easy. Oh my God. You were so put in a horrible, horrible spot. Brandis, do yourself a favor and at the, but just watch it in its entirety. So you see how much fun we're having. It gives you a real sense because we were rocking. There were so many laughs on that fucking show. And then, okay, hey, we're getting ready to wrap it up. Let's uh, do the uh, final word. Here we go. Oh, hey, my dog got a dog, or the dog I was fostering got, my dog, Mocha got fostered. Yay. All right. Uh, I can't wait to go to the bar this weekend. Yay. I'm looking forward to paintball. All right. And then Amanda. Then Amanda. Amanda says, I'm trying to deal with my pain. I'm still trying to grieve. As you can see, I'm not handling it well. I don't believe that this has anything to do with the handling because this decision-making that you did at the end of that show is on par with every other horrible decision you have made concerning interacting with me and other members of this show. It is consistent. It was so bad. I don't even have a way to say, oh, honey, because I'm still trying to uh, uh, put the pieces together in my brain. Amanda says, you guys are my only friends right now. And that's saying a lot. Well, you know, we love you. You know, come on now. It was hilarious. It was the most hilarious, horrible story I have ever heard in my life. At the same time, I was mortified, sad, amazed, disgusted, and angry. You managed to... By doing that, put all those five things through my system. It was a flood of black going through me. You are powerful. You are like Oz. I can't tell if you represent the light or the dark side of the force. Ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor and limp through that Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. You have to watch it from the very beginning to get the feel for the vibe of how great it is. And then all of a sudden, whammo! Oh my God! What? Nick writes, really came to a screeching halt. I wouldn't have it any other way. 
uh, that was, I, you know, frankly, it was fair. It was fair what happened because you can say whatever you want on that segment. And if that's what you want to say, is what you want to say. But I was like, oh, fuck. Now I'm, Jesus Christ, I got to make some lemonade here. Uh, Amanda makes a great point. No one else's final word was as interesting up until mine. So I had to do something. Yes, I agree with that. Kenny writes, don't go listen, though. Go watch it. You got to watch it because our, our faces are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Let me just put it to you this way. The personal nature of her final word um, can be backed up by numerous news accounts, televised news accounts. It's an extremely personal story. One of the most personal stories you will ever hear. Uh, It's tragic. And you can uh, watch it nearly as it happens online. Not kidding you. Brandis says it sounds like she just needed to talk about it. Yikes. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. It just was so out of left field that everybody was so goddamn caught off guard. We're like, wait, what? Linda says, I was glad I didn't have to follow that. Was it Patrick who did? I think it might have been. I think Patrick just said, hey, uh, have a good night. At the end of the day, though, it was uh, extremely tragic. And uh, uh, Godspeed. You're like, what is going on, Easy? What is going on? Yeah, you got to see this. This is so fucked. God damn it. Awful. Um, Fridays with Frank. She wrote, I'm taking a risk here. I'm also not sure if I sent you any of his videos before, but this deputy is fucking hilarious. And this particular video is just too fucked up not to share. Just watch the first 30 seconds. If you hate it, tell me not to send you stuff like this anymore. If you like it, you should share it with the group because I'm sure the comments will be worth it. Yeah, I don't know. And I wrote, it's a good series, easy to watch and fun. It's not something I'd go out of my way to talk about unless I see something that strikes me. And she goes, strikes you? And then she talks some, about something specific that happens in the video. A 14-year-old is driving a car. Um, and so here's where Amanda always is. She always, she'll send me what's interesting. And sometimes it is. Like this is, a, this is something that's fun to watch. But it's a whole thing. You have to watch a lot of it. And so Amanda's like, well, why wouldn't you share it? Why wouldn't you share it? And it's like, well, from the perspective of me, Okay, there's a lot of things that go through my mind that have to be able to make this show. All right, and part of it is time. And I can't sit here and just watch uh, an entire fucking thing, which would require the setup. There's just a lot of uh, a nuance to it as to why I, I do or don't do something. It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing because it's good or bad or anything like that. Um, 
I can only, there, there has to be like a reason for it. You know, it's a good series. It's fun to watch. That's, that's about as far as I'll go. And so this cop gets together and you see videos of him pulling people over. It's like a fun version of cops with this, with this guy. But the, the thing is, Amanda thinks that if it's good in her world, we have to go and share it. We have to go and stop everything and talk about it. Yeah, that's not exactly how it works. All right. No, no, uh, no, I'm not trying to insult you. It's just the way my brain works. I know what I, I know the things that make this show tick and uh, there's, there's reasons why I do and do not do things. So actually, when I do usually address you, there is slight intended. No slight intended here, for sure. Maybe one day we will talk about it down the road, but right now I have to... It, things have to percolate with me. I'm not ex, I'm not that often the type of guy who when I see something, it really has to jump out at me for me to immediately dive into it. A lot of times I have to watch it. I have to process it. I have to think about it. What What can I do to have fun with it? More than just playing and look, you know, it's got to, it's just, a, it's just a way I, I, I do it. Does that make sense? I hope so. Anyway, uh, folks on Facebook X and YouTube, I say goodbye to you now. Uh, for my friends who watch on Twitch and Facebook, it's brought to you by Irvine's auto repair, Grand Rapids hybrid and EV. Uh, X brought to you by blue frost IT. Uh, special Amanda show edition later today, maybe. That's what Kenny writes. Curious what that means. Uh, this might need special consideration, though, because of the connection and the insanity of it all. No, no, no. We it's it's been addressed. It's been addressed. I uh, it's it sounds like something that um. You know, the, there was a lot that was gotten off of the chest. I don't, I don't think we need anything further. Kenny writes, I'm all for giving Amanda shit. Maybe this is different. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was, it wasn't, I don't know if you saw it yesterday. It wasn't as bad as, as I'm describing it now. Now being so far removed from it, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe how awkward that was. It was horrible. And it was. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, it was great. I mean, it was really enjoyable. No, it was painful. Uh, Amanda says, I figured I could share my story because it was behind the paywall. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's, there's no question. But there was only two things I could do there. Awkwardly go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry for your pain. Or just go, oh. And then, you know, do what I did, which was, in my opinion, much. it, it worked out better. Hopefully you feel better. Uh, Amanda's having technical difficulties. Says her audio keeps cutting out. Uh, I She says, I'm glad I could give you at least over a half hour of content today. You are a, con like I said, you are a content machine in the most unexpected of ways. In all seriousness, you are a content queen. I don't think there's anyone that can compare to you 
with what you produce. Amanda says, uh, my mom said I should do my own podcast, but I don't have the time or the knowledge to do so. And I doubt I'd have followers. Um, no, you, you, you should. Okay. First of all, you should, um, if you don't have the time, you should make the time and you do have the knowledge. It's at your fingertips. You just got to try Yoda. Thank Yoda. Uh, Ben Glaze says, sorry about what happened. Amanda feel better. And she says, I don't have followers. Well, if you, you would have followers because I would help you. I would like, uh, I would like tell people to check out your, your awful show. That's what I would do. Uh, all right. Where am I here? Okay. The open and live stream brought to you by Joe Martinez from A&E heating and cooling 616-516-8579. We still have free furnace tune-ups till the end of February. After that, we're going to start talking about getting on the books for an AC tune-up. 616-516-8579. A free furnace tune-up can be yours through DTE Energy. They've teamed up with Joe. And what was $79 is now $0. You call, you schedule. They show up. They clean and tune the furnace. They leave. Take advantage of this before the end of the month. No money leaves your pocket. 616-516-8579. Call today. Thank you to the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. 231-332-6505. Working hard to get you into your mortgage. I was just reading that right now, a 30-year fixed, you can get for 7%. That's what Mario would get you now. That's down from what it has been in the last six months. But by the end of this year, you could be looking at uh, five and a half, six for a 30-year fixed. Reach out, 231-332-6505. No matter where you are in the U.S., for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, 231-332-6505. It's time to get a haircut. And if you're a guy and you've gotten your haircut at Sport Clips, Jude's, Lady Jane's, or Zach's, just once, I want you to go out of your way to try King's Room Barbershop. Three locations, Northland Drive, Caledonia, and Wyoming at 821 36th Street, right next to the costume room, just down the street from a company known as Dumpster Divers I used to advertise on this show. King's Room Barbershop, online at kingsroom.net. So, uh, climate activists burst into the National Archive Museum in D.C. Conservationists, as they're called. Environmental protesters. And they're fed up with the fact that we haven't um, uh, stopped burning fossil fuels and, you know, flying in airplanes and all the cool shit that we have as a free society. 
And uh, they don't like that. And so what they do is they do these acts of terrorism. The latest bullshit is uh, they had some type of red powder. And they walk up to the original constitution that is on display. And they dump the fucking shit all on onto it. It's got this unbreakable display case. It doesn't really do anything. The only person that's really the victim here is this lady. This lady who has to get, it's like cleaning up a glitter bomb. Look at, she's got a Q-tip in her hand, and that that frame is elaborate. Those are those are what we call nooks and crannies. It's like a Thomas's English muffin that she's trying to get this red powder out of. And they're like, uh, "We are protesting, uh, you know, global warming and all this shit." And it's like, "Yeah, you know what? I don't want the temp the the planet to get warm either." Okay. I don't want any of that, but I also don't want to walk. I don't want to ride a bike anywhere. I'm going to drive in a combustion motor vehicle, something that is burning fuel. As far as that will go is a, uh, is a hybrid. That's, that's it. That's all you're going to get out of me. And the hybrid is canceled out by the, uh, a uh, pickup truck that's 30 years old that I have with a 9,000 cubic inch motor. And I'm not getting rid of that fucking thing. And if I want to take a trip somewhere, I'm going to get on an airplane. And unless we decide in one fell swoop that gasoline is illegal, nothing is going to change. The car makers are already after what a year or two of this hardline initiative about EVs are already realizing that it sucks. This fad is already starting to wane. These statistics about how much energy it takes uh, on a fast charger to charge uh, one EV, you know, you, if you show up at the charging station in the middle of some town in California and you hook up and you pay for the fast charge, costs you a little bit of money and um, it takes you 12 minutes to charge that car fully for the 200 miles you're going to get out of it. Uh, that's the equivalent of um, like 15 homes, whole homes that they use, the electricity would use in one day. That's one charge. One charge, one vehicle, fast charge, 12 minutes. That many homes. That's how much energy you're using. And there's a, a row of like 15 charges. If everybody came in and just plugged in, you're talking about thousands, hundreds or thousands of homes in 12 minutes time using that much energy. Now, ultimately... That is coming from a power plant that is not green. All right. That has to get its, that has to uh, send the electricity some way. And it's not all coming from a waterfall. 
or solar power or a windmill. And the grid cannot support it. Those fucking wires that the shit goes through can only take so much. Have you ever witnessed uh, a brownout or a blackout on the hottest fucking summer day when everybody's running their AC in their house and then you see the, you get an alert for the electric company and say, look, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. And then, you know, they, it, it powered because they can't take it. So what's going to happen in the middle of fucking Texas when it's 111 degrees and I, 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 it's so hot, senor. And they, they, everybody cranks it up and everybody plugs in their fucking car. It, it, we're fucked. Okay. Get over yourselves. This is not the way. Uh, but pressure has led to the whole industry in California. They, they passed a law that by a certain year, you cannot drive a combustion motor vehicle. That is not going to last, by the way. There's no way that's going to last. So dumb. Uh, Kenny says, I will never have an EV. The only way for me that an EV would be practical is just to drive around town like a golf cart and plug it into my house, slow charge it, okay? In the end, though, the amount of money that I would pay for the vehicle, it would take years before I'm seeing a return. And then at about that time, at some point, those batteries do need to be replaced. It is not feasible. It is not, this is not good. And when you do replace those batteries, what's left is an environmental nightmare. Uh, this comment from Patrick, in many instances, they burn fossil fuels to, re- to recharge a battery and they strip mine the ocean to find the materials needed for these batteries. It's very dumb. Kenny says, here's a question. What about city buses? Imagine if they said they had to all be EVs. How would they keep them going and keep them charged? Don't know. Nick says, plug-in hybrid is the way. Commute on electricity, but gas for long range, without a doubt. Now, I don't have a plug-in hybrid. It's just a regular hybrid. I don't, I, I love that. I mean, I, I get 50 a gallon. The goddamn gas tank, and that thing is like nine gallons, and it takes me like 500 miles. Ridiculous. Aram said, Eric already tried using scooter bucks. The scooter was great. I wish I still had it. I wish I had followed through. It just got so goddamn cold riding around that scooter. One dollar. One dollar to fill up that gas tank. I take it back. No, it was a one-gallon gas tank, so it would take me whatever the cost per gallon is. Like So now it would be three bucks for that, for that scooter. And then it would take me 100 miles. Yeah, I'm not by anyway, I'll get back to the uh, story about dumping the shit on the Constitution because these environmental activists, these crazy fuckers. Jesus. It's time to bring in uh, one of the most articulate, verbose characters in the Eric Zane Show podcast universe. 
His name is Rick, an entrepreneur, business owner, making money and having fun. Created TC Paintball. Good morning, Eric James. Rick, how are you? I'm great. We how are, are we are at the eve of the eve of the long-awaited paintball war number 23, the battle for the Rio Grande. It's taken us a while to get here this time, hasn't it? It has, but that's okay. You know, there's been a couple things that have happened along the way that made it such, not it, including like the Lions playoff run that had something to do with it. It can't be understated. And uh, yeah, so here we go. I have, uh, at least as of right now, 15 Browns. Nice. So how many on the white? Uh, I think I'm sitting at about 10, maybe more. It depends. I uh, I reached out to some folks from the hockey team, the uh, Grand, I'm, uh, or I'm sorry, the basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold, uh, and you know, spread the word around the office. And you got a lot of uh, uh, young people there, a lot of interns on the team. So that's is kind of like our wheelhouse. So I'm hoping for some new faces. I'll, I'll get you the final uh, number as we get closer. But I think we're going to be in good shape. It's going to be a good time, Rick. Oh, it always is. Yeah, we always have a good time with it. Um, I did you. What did you think of the Super Bowl, Rick? Um, I'm personally, I'm not a Chiefs fan. Um, it was a good game, though. I mean, an overtime Super Bowl game. I mean, it was a good game. It wasn't the outcome that I personally wanted, but it was an entertaining game. So you actually wanted San Francisco to win the game. I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was just interested in the game itself. I didn't really have a rooting interest. Uh, you you cannot, um, uh, what do you call it, discount um, of a Patrick Mahomes and, and, uh, and Travis Kelsey. Those two were on fire in the second half. That game was boring for a long part of it, and then it kind of picked up, you know? You know, as much as it pains me to say it, they're one of the best duos of all time. Um, you know, Mahomes could be knocking on the door of, you know, something we never thought we'd see. And that's somebody to challenge Tom Brady as far as, uh, you know, the title of the greatest of all time. He, uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, it's going to be an argument. He might even surpass him. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty unprecedented. And that's one of the reasons I didn't want to see them win. I got a lot of respect for what Brady did. And it took so long for that to happen that I don't think it should be, you know, in, in my world anyway, in my mind, it, sh- it shouldn't be accomplished or, or challenged so quickly. It should go another 50 years before it's challenged. Uh, I still feel bad about the suddenness of the Lions just disappearing like that. It's like it, it's like the whole world forgot them, just like that. No, they did. And they were so hot. They were the topic for a while, you know. It, uh, but uh, you know, I, I tried to think about that as it was going. It was so cool to hear the whole, you know, sports universe talking about the Lions, how they were the, the dark horse favorites, and you know, you, you see those maps of the country on who people were rooting for, and it was all blue. And I mean, that was a really cool time. And I, I'm hoping that we get a lot more of that over the next few years with uh, with what Campbell and uh, Brad Holmes is building there. It's cool. So with the um, getting so far in the playoffs and um, being, you know, at the doorstep of the Super Bowl, if anything less than that is going to be a huge letdown for them, I think now, because they did so well. I think they have to go to the Super Bowl next year to keep people from starting to get pissed off. Well, you know, you're going to have all your fringe casual fans are going to say that. 
but that's just not how it works. You know, teams have been kind of quote unquote on the build for a long time and they kind of get to the point where like, Hey, we're almost there. We're at the NFC championship game. That doesn't mean you're ever going to get back there. No matter how strong your team is, you could even have a better team over the next few years and not make it that far. So it's, it's magical. It's special. It's all those cliche words. Um, you just don't know when it's ever going to happen. You know, I'm a, I'm a football fan. Dan Marino in his second year went to the Super Bowl, and everyone said, man, he's going to go to the Super Bowl every year. He's he's the, the next great coming. Yeah. And he never – you know, so it, uh, it, you never know when it's going to stop happening, so we got to appreciate it when it happens. There's a comment in the uh, chat. Linda writes, I will take Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady any day. There's some dissension immediately with the comment, but I don't think it's that ridiculous. I think – uh, the, the how how much he's won at and he's what 28 29 oh my god jesus he's uh i think that he's the quickest to get to this many super bowls yeah and that's part, something that bothers me you know what i mean and, and it's just a personal thing i don't i don't like that because i feel like his perspective is it's too damn easy. He goes to the AFC Championship game every year. He goes to the Super Bowl almost every year. You know, I want to see if I'm going to call him in 10 years, if I'm going to call him one of the greatest to ever do it, um, I, I think that he's got to fight through some adversity, you know, a head coaching change and, you know, a talent change, or maybe he's got to do it without Kelsey. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just – I don't like it when people make things look easy. Right. And that, that bothers me, I guess. What about the fact that – they got rid of Tariq Hill. <laughs> Tariq Hill, well, what? Right. yeah, you know, he was there and he was such an asshole. They said, fuck it, we can't deal with it anymore. And they cut him loose. Yeah, you know, I was thinking that at the beginning of the year because they're obviously, there was, it was well documented. That their receiving core let them down in a lot of ways over the course of the season. They just, they simply lost games because of a, a drop here or there or, or a receiver lining up offside or stupid shit like that. You know, their receiving core hurt them. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're one of the best teams in the NFL, but they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They don't have a strong enough receiving core. They got rid of, you know, one of the best receivers in the game right now and they haven't really replaced them well. And they still won the damn Super Bowl. It pisses me off. Yeah, I know. It's annoying as shit. Uh, are you team? Are you team Taylor Swift or not team Taylor Swift? Do you or or do you not care? I'm team. I don't care really. But I do. You know, I was listening earlier this week when you said when you were doing and not that a, a mass shooting or or a mini shooting, whatever you want to call it. Not that that is anything to laugh about. But when you when you said that they should have clips of Taylor Swift in the press box during that news story, I about fell oh, yeah. off my chair. Yeah, that was for. Can you, if someone hit the wrong button. And it goes from clips of people running, fearing for their lives, to her jumping up and down. Oh, no! And she's high-fiving. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, that's funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, um, she gave $100,000 on the GoFundMe to the, um, the – there was one lady who died, a mom. And, uh, and Swift gave $100,000 on the GoFundMe. I thought that was pretty damn cool. But, you that know – people will be like oh yeah sure whatever she's just doing it because she's got she's getting publicity people will actually do that i can promise you. well people need something to talk about or bitch about or complain about it so i just i just roll my eyes and move on it's like that it's not even worth talking about she's a football fan she's got a she's dating a football player yeah. let's move on um all right so let's close the book on that um is there anything going on in your life that's like jesus christ this is something in rick's mind what is the most talked about thing going on in the world today of rick steinbeck uh, nobody, nobody on the podcast gives a shit about it. It's all paintball stuff. You know, the paintball's got its own own little subculture. Right, right. 
practice and drama and all that shit. So all my drama and interest and in, in goings on has to do with the paintball world right now. So from yeah. the outside in, it isn't that exciting. Now, does it have to do with your team internally? Um, not so much my team. My team's always in kind of a state of flux. We, uh, we're not really practicing right now. I'm, I'm focusing on my lower division teams and trying to get them up to speed. My kids team, my kids youth team is going to Vegas in March. So I'm getting them ready and practicing. Um, my, in a nutshell, my team has had a lot of success over the years and we're at a point where we're not having as much success. You know, that was, we've been talking about that for tournaments we've been to and stuff. And I think everyone's just kind of, I don't know about over it, but they're taking a break and not really wanting to put blood, sweat, and tears into it like we have in years past. So we'll take a few months break and we'll try to come back strong again. In your experience, have you ever encountered a newbie, a young new person who's never really played it before that was so good and had such a knack and seemed to be so far ahead of everyone else that he was playing against that you thought, oh my God, this is the second coming of the next Tom Brady of paintball. It happens, absolutely. And I see it a lot because I, I try to spend a lot of time with newer players, you know, developing those players. It's good for my business and it's good for the scene and it's good for my industry. Um, but you see that all the time, but there's such a steep learning curve in this industry and in this sport that they might they might be ahead of the quote unquote ahead of the curve as far as a handful of the the, the the skills that you would need to be successful but there's still so much to learn you know it's like a very steep incline on the learning curve and kind of once you get up to over that initial hump everything kind of makes a little bit more sense to you as far as you know how tight you got to be and how you got to hold the gun and all that stuff so i mean i definitely see it and it's awesome when you see somebody that you could kind of call unnatural you right. just hope that they and you know and benefit the industry would you ever do you ever do something like um as long as like uh pay for all of their uh whatever their training their gear their field time as long it's almost like a sponsorship for a young player in order because if they hit the big time they know that they're associated with you um i used to i mean i i would never flip the bill for anybody because i'm 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 always straddling the line of trying to be a good responsible business owner that's not putting himself in debt with a family at home and also you know uh, uh promoting and, and and trying to uh um, catapult these younger talents forward it's always a balance right and it's always been you know uh guys that i've taken the best guys around me and we've formed a team with them and try to go out in the national level and try to have success out there so i've had a lot of those former teammates still owe me money where I would front a plane ticket or hotel or, or traveling expenses. And all of a sudden you get back and that guy kind of fades away from the scene and you're going, wait a minute, yeah. that guy owed me money. So I've been burned in the past for sure. When, you know, I've tried to be the guy that puts it up and let those guys pay me back. Cause that's kind of creating an opportunity for them that they can't, they can't afford initially. And hopefully they can afford it down the road. And I've been, and I've been burned. So I never like take on like a full sponsorship with anybody these days. Um, I try to, help them out in certain ways, but I also try not to give away the farm because if you just give them discounts, they don't understand what you're doing. Right. Or the yeah. You're like the, you're like the fucking custom auto. You're like the guy who trained Tyson. Right. Oh, yeah. I know the reference. You have to go back. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God you did. Have you ever caught anybody having sex uh, at a paintball facility? <laughs> Okay, I've been in business over 20 years, and it's a very male-dominated and young male-dominated industry. So you do get a handful of females that kind of come around, and they like being one of the few females in the scene. Those 
females have dated different individuals in the paintball industry. Some of them have worked for me, or in the paintball scene, rather. And some of them have worked for me, and they've been at the facility on their own at certain times. So things, I'm sure, have happened. Now, I have security cameras, and if I was to go yes. back and do some investigative journalism, I could probably find some things. And I'm not going to go back and try to find anything. Oh, that would be so gross. Gee, that'd be awesome, but gross. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Tyler writes, hey, that's not pain on her face. <laughs> well, shit, I've been on the receiving end of that where a, a pain ball hits the, the with the, uh, no, I was saying that the pain hits the mask on, on the mouth. It looks like jizz all over my face. I wish it was. Does it taste the same? Yeah, it's terrible. Um, okay. Sunday, 5 p.m. we start. And uh, people are encouraged to go there. You don't have to actually. Uh, you can just show up. You can just show up and come as you are, and uh, and 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 get ready for paintball action coming up on Sunday at TC Paintball. Yeah, come hang out with us if you just want to check it out. You know, if you're interested, or even if you got kids, you're thinking about. You know what? I should bring them up to that kids league. Yeah. Just kind of get the lay of the land. Come come hang out with us. See what it's all about. Normally, you know, I, I encourage people to do that all the time, and more often than not, while they're here, they're like, you know what? This doesn't look that bad. I'm gonna play. You know, so they suit up and they put on a mask on. They go out there and they shoot at their buddies. It's a good time. Right. Even if you just want to watch, who gives a shit? We can hang out. I'll, I'll talk to you. You can have some pizza, whatever. Pet the dogs. Who gives talk a shit? shit? Absolutely. We'll have a good time. Yeah. All right. Uh, have a great day today, and I will talk to you on Sunday. Don't forget my gloves. I got them. I got them. No problem. Okay, buddy. See ya. There you go. That is uh, Rick from TC Paintball. Kenny says, I want to play again someday. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Now, when it comes to me, I have already, I am, uh, I can't run like at all. So I'm, I'm going to lose, uh, when you show up there and if you take me on, just know that I'm not, I'm going at a walking pace game starts, horn goes off. I walk behind a, uh, fucking thing and just shoot. I just shoot randomly. And then when my, when my thing runs out of paint, I, I put my hand up, I'm out. My goal is to shoot all my paint shots and not get shot. Because if you just put your hand up, you're out. So that'll be me. Uh, Sunday, 5 p.m. TC Paintball. Thank you. Uh, we've got basketball coming up with the Grand Rapids Gold. Uh, the next game is Sunday, March 3rd, 3 p.m. Uh, Marvel Superheroes Day. I guess you're going to get all those nerds dressing up in the gear. The kids love this stuff. It'll be a great time for you and the fam. Get a ticket at Grand Rapids. Get your tickets at grandrapidsgold.com. I do cameos at cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Hire me. It'll be fun. Uh, whether it's you want me to roast somebody, I can be as sweet or as uh, uh, mean as you want me to be. It's up to you. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Hello to Impact Power Sports. They sponsor the studio, impactpowersports.com. I'm sorry, impactpowersportsmi.com. Check out the selection of side-by-sides, ATVs, UTVs, motorcycles, e-bikes, if that's your thing. Yamaha Golf Carts, Michigan's newest dealer of Yamaha Golf Carts at Impact Power Sports in Rockford, Michigan, along 14 Mile. Check them out either online or in person. They have a fantastic service department as well that can help you. 
If uh, you're a piece of equipment that you have, either purchased from them or from someone else in the past, uh, goes down, you can have them service it for you. Fantastic service department at Impact Power Sports. A little further north in Greenville, Michigan, is Green Medicine Shop, which there's a long list of things that I've been chronicling, talking about on this show as to why if you um, are a user of cannabis products, why you should get them at why you should make the trip to Greenville to go to Green Medicine Shop. One of the things I'm going to talk about is when it comes to recreational cannabis and medicinal cannabis, which is what they sell, recreational cannabis fit for human consumption is allowed to have more yeast and mold in it than medicinal like a lot more okay but when they get it into their house at the recreational facilities they still don't want that going out there so they nuke it they actually put the flowers in the in a microwave to eliminate that so you have dead yeast and mold spores that you are ingesting when you inhale. And that's not great, especially for people who are allergic to those things. Okay. Whether it's alive or dead, it's still going to affect you. You're going to cough more. It's going to hurt more. It's going to, it's going to be anything but smooth. It's going to be harsh ass, dirty recreational filth cannabis. That's one of the many reasons. Not to mention the cost. You're paying a 10% excise tax on your recreational. Get your med card at thegreenmedicineshop.com. Click on the spot right at the top of the page. Take you 15 minutes. It's going to cost you $90, but you get a $100 in-store credit. There are people who walk in, they realize it's a medicinal facility. They go out in the parking lot. They get their med card through the online thing on their mobile device. And then they come in with their $100 in-store credit. And there you go. The $90 is, is a wash. You got 10 extra bucks in your pocket and do whatever you want with it. All right. Green Medicine Shop in Greenville, Michigan. Worth the trip. And that is the only way our cannabis users from the ages of 18 to 21 can legally buy cannabis. Okay. So if you're over 18, it's never too early to start smoking weed. That's the easy model with the green medicine shop. If you are 18 and over, uh, develop a new great habit of smoking tons of weed. Now I don't, I can't. Okay. You can. Uh, just because I ruined that wonderful luxury that we are allowed to have as Americans uh, doesn't mean that you cannot do this. 18 to 21, get your med card, and then you can be burning like all your friends that are over 21. You can say, yeah, I go to the green medicine shop and get my clean cannabis. Fuck you. Thegreenmedicineshop.com. Was it the other day? Wasn't that long ago? We had a story that we uh, talked about on the podcast of the lady who was in the um, 
like the guy was operating the garbage truck and and then he's like oh my god i've compacted this three times and i just noticed that there's a woman inside of this truck what the hell is going on that actually happened i think it might have been in florida and then i think at one point i said what the hell i mean how the hell did she fall in there what's going on and then someone said, well, sometimes people live in those things. They actually sleep inside of the dumpsters. And uh, that happened. Just the other day, uh, the local TV station did a story about this guy, this 70-year-old dude who that happened to. A man is recovering in the hospital tonight, injured after nearly being crushed to death in a garbage truck last week. 13 on your side's Jeremiah Brown joins us with details on how he got there and what he says saved him, Jeremiah. Absolutely, Juliet. Danny Summy says it is a miracle he is alive. He told us while apples would have sufficed, it is because of a bag of oranges that he did not lose his life. You know, God had his eye on me right then and made sure that I have a story to tell. Danny's okay, so we start here with Danny. Uh, he's got an orange in his hand. So the oranges were key. So this is clearly a homeless man. He's extremely long hair, everything, unke unkempt. Is that how I say that? Unkempt or unkept? I don't know. He looks like a homeless dude. Some he tells us he is unhoused by choice. As okay, there we go. He's unhoused by choice. And that's like the nomenclature that we have to use now, which I don't give a fuck. He's unhoused. Why is that? Like, if you say homeless, hey, you're homeless. They, 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 people are going to get pissed off and offended. No, no, no. We say unhoused. No, no, no. Let's not make this more complex than what it is. You're a hobo. You're homeless. You're drunk or on drugs or something like that. You're something fucked up has happened to you and you're homeless. Let's not let's not put more flowery language on this shit. As he had gone inside a dumpster to take cover from the rain and had fallen asleep. He came rolling up, slapped onto the you know the dumpster and dumped me. And then like four more dumps and I picked up some of these guys. He just reached for an apple. Let's not get a close-up of his nails anymore. Oranges that had fallen into the truck, onto the truck's roof, hood, and windshield to grab the driver's attention. So he's throwing the oranges. And the driver's like, wait, what the fuck? And there's nothing you can do then. You just land on steel and everything lands on you and you're getting stirred around and then the, the floor comes back like a barn cleaner. It crushes everything. Now, he said he was unhoused by choice. First of all, I don't believe that. He's unhoused or homeless because he doesn't have shit. You don't, you don't seek that out. And if you get crushed by a dumpster, by a garbage truck, after sleeping in a dumpster, and, and, and your only hope for survival is throwing oranges that are in back of the garbage truck... Something's going to tell me that that should be a guide, a, 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 a rock bottom moment. At some point, you got to grow up and turn this shit around. Thing into the back. Sumi says the driver was surprised he had even survived. A really nice man. I told him it wasn't his fault. And 
just a bad accident. He recalls fighting. It's not an accident. You're fucked up. You did this. Firefighters being lowered into the truck to pull him out. His leg was crushed and he has undergone surgery and will soon begin rehab. One thing I don't want children to ever get around these monsters. Which, machines. by the way, you all have to pay for because Danny Summy uh, can't get his shit together for 70 years. While not wanting anyone else to hang around and rehab. What did he, what did he say there? I don't want children to ever get around these monsters machines. Well, not for one thing, I don't want children to get around these monstrous machines. That's Danny Summy's message. Hey, kids. Yeah, the kids know. I think we need to uh, direct your message to, attention, adult men who are fucked up. Don't sleep in dumpsters. The kids aren't the problem. It's you, asshole. Not wanting anyone else to hang around inside of dumpsters. He's thankful for the bag of fruit that saved his life. Apples would have worked, but... Yeah. Orange is orange is um, quite sufficient. Ugh. When asked how people can help him, he said he wants people to treat the unhoused with respect and to lend a hand. No, hospital tonight. No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not, especially Injured after nearly being especially the one who says, "Yeah, I'm doing this by choice." Asked how people can help him, he said he wants people to treat the unhoused with respect and to lend a hand when they can. In the newsroom, Jeremiah Brown, 13, on your side. I've never understood that. Help me, even though I will not help myself. I want you to help me. I'm not going to lift one finger to help myself. I am going to rely on the kindness of strangers and oranges. Fuck that. Uh-uh. Uh, Kenny says, I can't say unhoused, nor can I. Chris says, be cool if he asked the reporter if they had meth he could have. Tyler says, yeah, I'm not concerned about the kids, nor am I. Kids aren't an idiot like you. Donut dances, the driver's like, son of a bitch, another damn homeless dude in the truck. And he writes, quote, this here is a magic orange. It saved my life. If at some point, you know, he's still got the orange in his hand. So he's like, that's like his Wilson now. He's getting, his orange is the only thing he talks to. Brandis says, yeah, man, exactly that. This is a choice you're making. That makes it difficult for me to want to help. I'm all about giving food to someone down on their luck. But this, what the fuck? Exactly. It's a damn good thing that most of the population, like you and I, we have the wherewithal to know that we have to contribute to society. And our contribution is existing at an appropriate level. You know, so that we can actually be part of our society and our culture. So we can go to work, eat, consume, live, interact, the bare fucking minimum. And when society, these people that are living in dumpsters, the first thing they say is, oh, you have to watch out for me. It's like, look, I'm watching out for me. I am trying my best to not be like you. If you did 
the bare minimum, you would not be throwing oranges and looking at an orange saying, you saved my life, orange. Hey, kids, stay away from dumpster. I'm not sure what Aram writes. He writes, existing at an appropriate level, which were, those were my words. And then he had frowny face. What do you, what do you mean by that? What, what, what did I say that was wrong? Explain that to me. Uh, Dan said, I had a homeless guy show me his intestines outside of McDonald's in Phoenix. Wait, hold on a minute. I need to know more about that. Aram says, I don't know what uh, existing at an appropriate level means. Oh, well, okay. This is what I mean by that. Like that guy, the homeless dude, he's existing. The level that he's existing at right now is not appropriate. Because he's relying on strangers to allow him to exist. That is an inappropriate level of your own existence. An appropriate level of your existence is people who wake up and try. Try to provide an income for themselves and their family, a roof over their head, without having to rely on others. Because they can't even take care of themselves and they rely on others to take care of them for them. That is existing on an inappropriate level. That's what I meant to, or that's what I meant when I said that. I'm surprised you weren't able to gather up what I said there. How did you, why did I have to stop down and explain that like Mr. Rogers to you? You sometimes throw me a curveball with your inadequacies and understanding my words. I, I, I speak on a very basic level. Brandis even explained it to you. She wrote, attempting to be a part of society and contribute. This bro is choosing to not try to exist on his own. Hey, guys, let me dumb it down for Aram today. Kenny says, put him on a TV show about taking his orange with him on adventures and actually call it the Mandarin. Then he follows that up with, I was really, <laughs> yeah, hey, I was proud of my last comment, damn it. It got no traction. Dan writes, concerning the guy who showed him his intestines. I walked out with my quarter pounder and he said he needed money for bandages. And holy fuck, his tubes were sticking out. I need a band-aid? To cover my exposed intestines? Brandis says, most of us are struggling as it is. How can anyone, or this guy, expect us to carry his weight without him carrying it himself? It pisses me off, honestly. Yes, exactly. It's so frustrating. Tyler adds, quote, Basically, the intestines were popping out of the skin. Uh, that is a reference to uh, Rick Pitino, Louisville. 
Well, anyway, that's an ugly ass story. Goddamn disturbing. Let me go back to the environmentalists. I never did put the wraps on this. So conservationists, environment, a conservationist is not what you call someone who dumps red powder on the constitution. I take it back. The article says conservationists at the national archives. So the lady who's cleaning up the constitution is the conservationist. I've got a few more pictures for you to see. Again, another reason why you need to watch this show. This is uh, what it looked like with all the powder all over it. That's a goddamn mess. United States Constitution. Right there. Uh, That looks like some of the shit that they recovered. They said they used eraser crumbs to clean up the mess. Not sure how that works. This poor lady is sidled with this job. The powder is everywhere, man. It looks like my um, the top of my stove after the NFK salts his food. Except the lady who's cleaning up the Constitution looks at my stove and says, God damn, that's fucked up. Um, All right, so these people work painstaking hours cleaning the pinkish red powder from the nooks and crannies of the documents, protective housing. Their tools include everything from from vacuum cleaners to cotton swabs to bags full of shredded erasers. I guess that's like the part of their uh, uh, toolbox of shit that they use. To clean this shit up. The archives building rotunda uh, displays the constitution and the declaration of independence will remain closed until today as the work cleanup continues. Two men dumped the power uh, powder onto the display 2 30 PM Wednesday. We are determined to foment F O M E N T a rebellion. One man said in a video posted to social media, We all deserve clean air, water, food, and a livable climate. Now, that's something we can agree on. We deserve clean air, water, food, and a livable climate. And I agree with that. We deserve that. But if it means no more cars and no more usage of gas and fossil fuels, then I I don't want to live in that world. That's the trade-off. I just wish that people like this would take a good hard look at what the world would be like because these people want all things that are utilized by burning to be no more. That means no more oil-based products. That means no more coal, nothing, which sustains our way of life in so many ways. We're the luckiest nation in the world. We've got everything, okay? The best of medical care. You know why? Oil. It's the basis for everything. Look around your room. Look around your hospital room. Everything you see there comes from oil. In one way, shape, or form, whether it's getting it from point A to point B or actually creating the life-saving equipment and tubes that are keeping you alive, fuckface. 
So basically, when I hope the uh, uh, local police bashes your skull in, you'll be in intensive care with tubes around you, keeping you alive that are made with oil. So fuck off. Police led the pair away, leaving a trail of powder out the door. Uh, The historic document itself is undamaged and locked away. It's just all this was, was annoying. Um, They picked as much up as they could with the vacuum. The uh, powder was a mixture of pigment powder and cornstarch. Cornstarch is weird. That is hard to pick up. It's like simultaneously wet and dry and loose and compact at the same time. I don't know how the fuck it does it. Cleanup crews were on their hands and knees until midnight Wednesday and resumed their work Thursday morning working to capture every bit of the powder. They should The people who clean up the mess should be allowed to go into the homes of these scumbags and just fling all that shit around their house. Here, you forgot this. All right, I'm riskily taking off my hat because I know my hair is really under par and I'm disappointed with myself. Oh, God, that's awful. Um, Aram says, did they catch the vandals? I think Aram's acid is wearing off and he's able to understand the words that I'm saying right now. Um, yes, they were apprehended. They were led away, leaving a trail of powder out the door. Not to mention, you know, when you dump that shit out, people don't, it's not like the bad guys say, hey, this is just harmless cornstarch and dyed powder. You know, it's, People think it could be something toxic. They probably run the fuck out of there. Little kids are fucking traumatized. I mean, come on now. Strong candidate for assholes of the day. Protesters. That's what they do. Fuck up our nice shit. You motherfuckers. Absolutely awful. All right. Thank you, as always, to my key sponsors that make this show possible. The Tax Hobbit, Troy Ginzer. Three strong months a year, January, February, March. He is right smack dab in the middle of his beautiful ad campaign where I'm convincing audience members of this show to call upon him to get their taxes done. Reach out to the tax hobbit Troy Ginzer today at 616-301-9516. The greatest certified public accountant you will ever meet and outstanding from beyond the three-point line. A finalist for Mr. Basketball back in the day in the great state of Michigan. Payroll client services and anything else concerning your business and your personal taxes. So what, what I'm hoping to do is convince you, the audience, when it comes to getting your taxes done, have Troy do them for you. Simple returns, you're going to be south of 100 bucks. The more complex your return is, it's going to be north of $100. Uh, the most I've ever heard being paid for taxes has been me. 
I pay him about 300 bucks a year to do my personal taxes and my business taxes. He also runs the Eric Zane show podcast, LLC S corp. This company has one employee. He gets a paycheck every two weeks, all of his taxes, social security, uh, my contributions to society as a whole come out of those paychecks. How do I run my payroll? I don't fucking know. He does it. When I started my uh, small business, I was just paying taxes quarterly. And then he goes, okay, um, now we're going to do this differently. You're going to be an S-corp. I go, what is that? He goes, I'm not telling you. Just know that I'm in charge. It makes you, uh, it makes it easier for you to pay your taxes when you're an S-corp. And you just pay them as a small business owner quarterly. You're getting bent over the fucking pinata. All right. There's advantages tax-wise that are available to you. If you're an S-corp, I'll take care of everything. And I haven't had to live one finger. I say, all right, send me a bill. I don't give a shit what it is. Just take care of this shit. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to know about it. You're in charge. That's how I do it. Anyway, I, I talk about all this because I've been his client for like two decades whether it comes to doing personal taxes back in the day when I was on the radio or personal and business, you can't go wrong. All I do is call this fucker. I'm telling you. And then don't ask too many questions because if you do, he's going to talk too much and you don't want an accountant talking to you. You just want these fucking nerds to push their pens and pencils. That's what you want. So anyway, reach out to the world famous Troy Ginzer, the tax hobbit, at uh, tagcpa.net or by giving him a phone call, 616-301-9516. You only hear about this guy three months out of the year. As soon as tax day comes and goes, he's gone. You won't hear from him again until January. That's how we do it. That's how he does it. And damn it, I want you to be a client of the tax hobbit. Uh, About the environmentalists. Tyler writes, we deserve a world without annoying hippie terrorists, but here we are. I'm glad you say that. Because when you say that, as soon as you say hippie, then I start to think about Gunner. Stupid fucking hippie. Take a shower, hippie. Smelly shit, hippie. Chris says these uh, these stop oil eco-terrorists have been pulling this shit in Europe for a while now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess they're moving in over here. I want them to show up in Texas and try fucking with like oil companies. They're going to wind up dead. They're going to grind them up and put them into the oil. You're actually going to burn hippie in your car. Kenny writes, how about all the people that have landscaping and grass cutting businesses and all of their high price zero turn mowers and stuff? They're not going to just magically replace them with electric ones. This BS will never happen the way these people think it will. That's true. And if you go to like the hardware store, they will sell you a zero turn radius uh, battery powered. I'm like, fuck that shit, man. I want to smell some burning gas. You know? 
Sir Bob says anybody else's screen go black. I don't think so. Trucker Dan says we couldn't sustain our population with pre-industrial lifestyles. Chris adds, why don't these heroes try this shit in Saudi Arabia or Dubai, where the oil comes from? Um, so there you go. Wingnut says, I love me some Gunner. You're damn right. Wingspan says, isn't that four and a half months for the tax hobbit? No, all of January, all of February, all of March. That's three. Hold on a second. Darla, none of that. Can't be licking ears here. No, no, no. Uh, thank you to Blue Frost IT, the managed IT service provider for this podcast. Uh, if you have any IT issues that you want taken care of from the best in the business, reach out to Blue Frost IT, 616-285-50. Longtime sponsor of the show. Thank you so much. Any technical information that you need about your equipment, some repairs done, you call Blue Frost IT, 616-285-50. I'll save the rest for last. I've got 14 more minutes of show left. We're good. I don't want to hit you with too many all at once. Okay. Meanwhile, back at Penn State. Okay. From the school... That brought you uh, Jerry Sandusky, child rape, and Joe Paterno turning a blind eye. Two Penn State stories. One... Group of Penn State from the Philadelphia Inquirer pushes to name the football field after Joe Paterno in private meetings. Now, sometimes when you have a story like this, you have to go back into your brain and remind yourself as to what exactly happened. This is what they're suggesting. Naming the field Joe Paterno Field. So all those old school coaches, he's right up there. Woody Hayes, Schembechler, also turned a blind eye to child rape, reportedly. Uh, Paterno. Um, All these legendary names. When Jerry Sandusky was found to have raped those children, it was reported to Paterno. Instead of rushing to the cops and saying there's something terrible going on here and starting the investigation, the first people that were informed uh, were people like Joe Paterno. It took forever to get like authorities involved. All right. I don't know about you, but if you and I, and I, I do know this about you, I would hope that if any of you, um, had information that a child were being molested, sexually abused, and raped, 
the first call you would make would be to the, you would rush to the police. Well, first, if you had the opportunity to break it up, you would uh, rescue the child. None of these things happened. Everything that was wrong happened to make this such a heinous story. Paterno described it as horseplay. Ah, I don't want to worry about it. Hey, you need to tell me horseplay. It was just horseplay. That's what, that's what you do in the locker room is, is horseplay. Add to it the fact that um, Sandusky's charity, children's charity called the Second Mile, provided resources for vulnerable children and the vulnerable children would be in broken homes or no parents or single parent or abused and would provide them with quote unquote opportunities to experience nice things, horses, uh, horseback rides, little adventures, field trips, and you know, sex with an old man. Uh, they went so far as to suggest that the charity was all, a human trafficking ring with a sinister side. And that was the ultimate intention of it. Not so much to help children, but to actually bring them in, groom them so that the old man could rape them. Dozens of victims, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars paid out Sandusky life in prison or however fucking long he's ever in prison. Uh, Paterno, they ripped the statue down because he turned the blind eye. They vacated his record. They made him disappear. You know, he, at the time he was the all time winningest coach in college football, the most unbelievable level of respect. Everybody loved Joe Paterno, but he was dismissed from the team. He died shortly after, probably because of the stress. He was old to begin with. This whole thing was fucked. So why is it a handful of years later, the people that are in charge of Penn State are suggesting behind closed doors to name the field after him? It's important that the discussion that I'm having with you takes place on bigger platforms to put him and what he did not do. And by extension did do to those children, uh, out in front before anyone would ever consider naming anything after that man. He is, uh, responsible for the rape of, of kids, his, uh, negligence, his failure to say anything, him covering up is criminal. Why would you do that? Why would, um, is, is this one of those things where an amount of time passes and people, uh, kind of like the OJ Simpson scenario that I was describing yesterday on the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast, OJ Simpson's popularity is soaring right now. Nobody gives a shit that he cut two people's heads off. An entire generation has uh, is now here since, well, it has taken place, a generation. 20-plus years has happened since that all unfolded, I think. It might, it might be just 20 years. I don't know. It might have been 94 
doesn't matter. It's close enough. Where people are like, yeah, that OJ, you know, I think he got a raw deal. I like OJ. Uh, Kent said he did the same thing the Pope did. Yet people still love the Pope. That would be, um, would that be Pope John Paul II? I'm not sure which Pope who was uh, on the clock when that all started to percolate. It's a great point, though. Um, but And there's no question. Uh, but I don't know if it's been 100% proven beyond the shadow of doubt, like it has Paterno, that like the Pope was in on it. Like he was well aware of it and, and did nothing. Multiple Popes is what Kent is saying. We can assume that. That's 100% right. Rebecca says, it's okay to rape a child, but be gay and you're hated. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, Kent, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the popes have been in on it. And and that's entirely true. Then that would be a 100% apples to apples comparison. But I don't know if the executives at Penn State, the trustees are going to say, look, we let it slide with the popes. We got to let it slide with Paterno. Yeah, definitely not going to work that way. Um, so the idea to name the field Paterno Field, my God, the discussions which came more than 12 years after Paterno's firing amid the fallout from the Jerry Sandusky sex abuse scandal might have violated the state's open meetings law. Sounds like a uh, Ottawa County Commission meeting. I guess when you have an institution that is, uh, you know, um, backed by state tax dollars, you you can't, like, meet in private. Unless if I'm understanding that wrong. They met privately twice in January to discuss whether to change, uh, to name the football field at Beaver Stadium. God, there's there's so much to this story that somehow ties to uh, sexual nomenclature. Beaver Stadium. The fact that the guy who first discovered that uh, Sandusky was having sex with kids was former quarterback Mike McQueary. My God. Can you imagine if the investigator's last name was like uh, Dick and Kid Ass? Hey, Pauly Dickin Kidass is investigating this one. Uh, the board fired Paterno in 21, I'm sorry, 2011 during the fallout of the Sandusky child sex abuse scandal because of allegations that he was aware of the sex abuse. Paterno denied it. Statue removed. 100 wins vacated. They later restored those wins, all right? And I think that that's actually appropriate. He still won the goddamn games. Sure, kids might have been getting slammed in the locker room, but he still won the game. 
And he does hold the uh, record for the most wins in football history with 409. But why the fuck? If you're trying to put some distance between the school and this, which only, I mean, time has to pass. It's only been uh, 11, 12 years. You can't, you can't just 12 years later go, ah, the wound has healed. There are kids who, people who were raped who are probably right now in their 20s. I mean, think about the victims of this. The fact that you would ever even consider this. Should we name the school Paterno Field? No, you should not. You should name the school God Bless the Victims Field or name the field the God Bless the Victims Field. I don't understand this. Uh, Ken writes, the Pope is responsible whether he knew it or not, just like Harbaugh and the cheating. Okay. Well, at the very least. Um, hold on a second. Hey, quit. Darla's pulling a Sandusky on Bruce. If I'm the Pope, when this all comes to light, let's just say in a hypothetical world, there's a Pope that's in, in play when it all, when the whole thing starts to, uh, become known widespread throughout the world about the um, all these sex abuse and rapes. Um, the world wanted a pope to stand in front of the world, rip off his fucking cape or whatever the fuck it is, goddamn pissed off, and start ranting and raving about how heads are going to roll. You know, we needed a, a real pissed off Pope at that point to oh. hey stop look at that side eye to make that more of a um, digestible thing for society to take in you know to be to to um, exhibit the rage that people had because it happened in the first place I don't want to hear a Pope after that is unveiled saying we must pray. Now, fuck that shit. We must kick ass. That's what we should do. People need to die. Chris says the 50s priests have been raping kids for centuries. True, Chris. Kent says because being gay isn't a sin if you're celibate, and the best way to remain celibate is to be a priest. Great idea. Well, that's just ridiculous, and I hope now that it's been exposed, it does not see the light of day. You cannot name the field Paterno Field. My God. What is wrong with people in Happy Valley? It's like a cult there. The one time, once or twice, two times that I visited there, we had some shitty radio station that carried the show with the dumbest name for the radio station ever. It was WQWK which that in itself isn't stupid, but they called it quick rock. Hey, here we are on quick rock. And it was run by this husband and wife team who were the biggest losers ever. We visited these losers to do the show. And instead of getting us a goddamn hotel room, they made us stay at their house. 
It was the worst. Then, after they were on the air for like two years, first of all, we go to this fucking thing. It's a goddamn cult. We do a, we do a show like from the bookstore before it even opened. There was no one there. It just sucked. We go to this stupid fucking football game. It's only half full because everybody's pissed off because it was right after the rape incident. Incidents. Uh, we learned after the fact, after about two years on the air, that they had not been paying their monthly. We had uh, like some of these radio stations, not anymore, but back in the day, we used to actually make money off of each radio station. Like we would broker a deal. Quick Rock would be like, all right, um, we'll pay you guys this amount of money. It wasn't much um, a year to be on this radio station. So like a uh, talent fee. And most were almost non-existent. Like there were radio stations that would pay us like $500 a month. And like 49% of it or 48% of it would go to Peter. And then 48% of that would be split three ways between Eric, Greg, and Chris. And, um, and then Steve would get like 2%. So 480 bucks divided three ways before taxes, like for a station like that, I'd make like $160. It was such a fucking shit deal. Well, come to find out, they hadn't paid that. Like they were never billed for like two years. So now we're talking, you owe me $3,840. Well, Greg and Peter decided to just wipe, absolve them of it. And I'm like, why? Why, why would you do that? Those motherfuckers burned through so much money. They were the worst. They're still the worst with it, with money. All that money that they give away, I've talked about this before on the stupid trivia games, it's out of their pocket. They don't even go out of their way to get a sponsor for it to, to uh, pay for it. We used to pay $26,000 a year just to play Dumber Than Zane. 500 bucks a week, every week. That's $26,000 a year out of our own pockets which we could have used. We could have divided that three. That was uh, roughly $8,600 each we would lay on the table just to play that goddamn game that we got nothing out of other than it was fun to play. Such a stupid... Greg and Freebear are so horrible with the money of that business. It's They could be making so much more money. And then you've got the element now where it's literally a free show. Patrick says, can't they write off the trivia money for taxes? No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work where you just write off $8,600 and you get that money back. You get a percentage of that back. Some people forget that. You get all that adds to a percentage that you can take out on your return. Rebecca says, I won $3,200 from that stupid trivia game. Wow, you and I played? That is so cool. Tyler says, that's crazy. I thought that that was sponsored and the sponsor paid that money. Cat footwear, if I remember correctly. You are correct. They did. And then they did until they did not. And when they did not, we started paying for it. I think it was like 300 bucks 
uh, a week when Cat Footwear did it. They paid the bill, and they gave you free shoes, free uh, free boots. But when that uh, entered, or when they when they uh, ended that, we raised it to make it a cool five hundred, and then paid for it ourselves. It was a real bummer. I was like, God damn it, why are we doing this? No, let's just not play. I'd rather just not play than just give away my fucking money. You idiots. Anyway, those two pieces of shit absolved Quick Rock from playing, uh, from paying that money that they fucking owed us. And then that was it. And now they're out of business. Those two butt fucks uh, uh, relinquished the station. It was probably taken from them in a court-ordered seizure. Fucking shitty-ass owners. They sucked. My God. All right. Let me wrap this up, and then we've got the asshole of the day. Who was going to be the asshole of the day today? Uh, what was I? I think I talked about something. Oh, okay, I know what it was. I know what it was. Uh, before I let you go, I have new products on my vouch store. Pet products. I'm like, thank God we got these. I, I need shit for my animals. Where you want to go is vouch.store slash Eric Zane. Of course, it's in the show notes and it's uh, right now in the chat. Vouch.store slash Eric Zane. We just added a line of pet products for you to check out. Rogue Pet Science is the company. Dog supplement powdered food topper for the active dog. Yak sticks. This is, says Omega-3 index for pets. It's like a test. I have no idea. Veterinarian blood collection kit for dogs. Powered by Omega Quant Analytics. No additional lab fee. I'm learning this as we go right now. So you give them $49.95 on my vouch store. And then this thing shows up in the mail. The Omega-3 index test for pets measures the amount of EPA and DHA in the blood. View sample report. We'll come back to that. Find out if your pet's diet is delivering a healthy amount of omega-3s. Sounds like something you want. When your pet takes an omega-3 index test, it will provide a percentage that indicates the combination of EPA and DHA in their blood. For pets like dogs, the ideal level is around 3%. Getting your pet to an optimal omega-3 index will help ensure they are getting enough of the right omega-3s to protect their health. Click here to view the full Omega-3 index for pets report. Omega-3s, EPA, and DHA have been linked to several health benefits in pets, including heart health, immune health, healthy skin and coat, joint health, why your vet should test your pet. Okay, there's a lot more here. Check it out at my vouch store, and you can see for yourself why this is important. All right, so we've got the pets covered. Uh, turmeric. Do you say turmeric or turmeric? I think you say turmeric. Uh, that's good for your pet. 
you put it you sprinkle it on top of the of the of the food you got shampoo you got shampoo and conditioner all right so you're gonna take care of your pet you're gonna brush your own teeth with the toothbrush you're gonna get drunk with the camp craft cocktails then you're gonna get then you're gonna wake up and be drunk with the coffee and then you're gonna use the accelerate percussion massage gun to make your muscles feel better all at my vouch store bye 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 you support small business you support me when you buy at my vouch store thank you turmeric term eric turmeric turmeric is it turmeric or turmeric Becky says, I just ordered the yak sticks. Thank God. I love you forever. So whatever those cost, I get like a nickel. You're like, easy. Why do you do this? Um, well, the reason why is because the more products we have, the more people buy. Okay. Get this. Aram, when it comes to pronouncing that ingredient, turmeric, he writes, T-U-R-M dash Eric. So I said, well, is it turmeric or turmeric? Second thing he wrote was just the word again. Then he wrote turn er ick. Then Kenny writes tur Mr. Uck. You guys don't know. None of you actually know how to say that. If it is turmeric, if you wanted to write it out appropriately so that I would say it correctly, you would write term, T-E-R-M, or T-E-R-M, 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 term, Er, ick. Which is what Aram did. But, but, it's the emphasis. Is it turmeric or turmeric? And if you're going to emphasize, you got to do all caps. Like, T-U-R-M, all caps term Eric or lowercase T U R M dash Eric in all caps. That's how you phonetically write. Bob says it's Eric saying Pokemon all over again. Brandis says this conversation is hilariously stupid. Well, I can't. It's not. A, it's because these assholes don't know how to. They, they act like they know what the fuck they're doing, but they don't. I still don't know how to say it. You guys are no help. None of you. Reach out to Frank Fuss for your insurance need in uh, needs. That is damn it. 
at buyinsurancehere.com. Frank will help you with your Obamacare application. That can be daunting. And if you do it wrong, you're going to hate your life. Have Frank do it for you, and it doesn't cost you a dime. He gets paid by the insurance companies. Uh, I swear by Frank, and this is great for anybody in the listening audience. It doesn't matter where you are. Go to buy, B-U-I, insurancehere.com for more information about Obamacare, life insurance, car insurance, health insurance, uh, Medicare, literally everything. My favorite part, it doesn't cost you a dime. I've had audience members think they were getting scammed by Frank because it doesn't cost anything for his services. That was annoying. But he told me a story about an audience member that did just that. I think you're scamming me. You know, you idiot. Anyway. And uh, finally today, Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid and EV. They are located in the middle of Grand Rapids, Michigan. They will help you with everything you need to keep your car running appropriately. 616-532-6600. Uh, 616-532-6600. The website, Irvines.com, and it's spelled E-R, Vines. Irvines.com is the website. Early bird drop-off, late bird pickup, pay over the phone, free loaner cars for those who need it. Irvines.com. Your asshole today brought to you by TC Paintball. Yesterday was mass shooters. Corey was oddly quiet today on the chat. I didn't see your little troll face because of, I think we, I think he was just brutalized yesterday in such a way um, that I don't know if he'll ever be the same. You know, usually he's pretty out front and trollish, but it was one of the most resounding beatdowns I've ever witnessed in my life because he uh, thought he was smart and said that the incident in Kansas City where more than 20 people were shot was in fact not a mass shooting. And we had a field day with that. And then that turned into like a hateful fight between these two of my favorite people, Ashley and Corey. What is wrong with you two? Why you guys need to get together? Well, no, you wouldn't because Corey's married, I think. But I was going to say, you two could get together for like some angry sex. But that's not going to happen. I mean, it might have happened if Corey wasn't married. I don't know. I don't know Ashley's tastes in men. Corey says, or Aram says, Corey, were you thinking it wasn't a mass murder? No, that's not what he said. He said it was not a mass shooting. And then he changed his mind and said, I take it back. It was a mass shooting after we beat him. Cole says, to be fair, it was a gang shooting. That is not confirmed. It was described as a disagreement between two people. Stop just taking shit that your right-wing talk shows see uh, uh, post about and you run with it. That has not been confirmed. That is being bandied about by assholes that you listen to when you're not listening to this show. Corey says, I am married and Ashley is trash.
Cole says that I am his right-wing talk show. All right, if you say so. Your asshole of the day today on this Friday edition of the Eric St. Show podcast. Yeah, I like to keep it real on this thing. Occasionally, I'll throw you a curveball, but not today. Uh, climate activist, asshole of the day for fucking up our uh, Declaration of Independence, our U.S. Constitution. Which one was it? I think it was the Constitution. Uh, didn't really do anything to it, but sure made it annoying for those people that work there. Uh, who we pay for. Our tax dollars pay for those people. So fuck you. And fuck you too. Cole says you voted for Trump easy. Don't forget. What does that have to do with it? Of course, there are people who voted for Trump who have then since changed their tune. That was a huge mistake. Okay. I voted for Trump. He lost in the previous election. I voted for Clinton. She lost. In this election, I have to vote for a cognitively impaired man to keep Trump out of office. I might even vote third party because a vote. But then again, if I vote third party, I'm reducing the chances that Biden will get into office. And that's the best chance to take out Trump. But honestly, folks, it is not going to matter. Trump has a trial that's going to start in March. His popularity is going to soar to even new heights. You watch. He is, you just write it in right now. I don't want it to happen, but it's going to happen. That asshole is going to win again, and he's going to win big. Mark Easy's words. I hope I'm wrong again. I hope I'm wrong again. another week of the Eric Zane Show free podcast. The Patreon just down the road. I'll talk to you then. Have a good one. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye.